Tonight I want us to bow down our heads as we listen to the word of God. So pray. I want us to pray tonight. Say, Lord, speak to my heart tonight. I want us to pray that the Lord will give you a word. A word from heaven. I want us to pray that the Lord will visit with us in a very special way. I want us to pray that the word of the Lord will come very directly to each of us tonight. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Tonight we give you praise. In Jesus' precious name we pray. I'd like us to turn our Bibles with me to the book of Numbers chapter 13. I'm going to read from two chapters of the Bible. I'll read chapter 13 of the book of Numbers. I will also read from chapter 14 of the book of Numbers. Don't forget, we've been in the Kingdom's Champion series. And tonight, we're going to take a reading from this chapter 13 of the book of Numbers. And I'll be taking my reading. I'm going to pick on verses tonight uh, because it's a long um, it's quite a long story, but I'm going to pick on very vital places that will be relevant to what the Lord wants to say to us tonight. Numbers chapter 13, I'll read from verse 17. Moses, we all understand that there was a time that the Lord spoke to Israel while they were at Kadesh Barnea. Kadesh Barnea was the entry point to Canaan. While they were on their way to the land of promise, the Lord spoke to Moses at Kadesh Barnea to choose 12 men out of the tribes of Israel. And each of these men will be the leader, a chosen leader from their tribe to represent the entire Israel as they spy out the land of Canaan. I want us to read from verse 17. That Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way into the south. and Go up to the mountain and see what the land is like. Whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak. Few or many. Whether the land they dwell in is good or bad. Whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds. Whether the land is poor or rich. Whether there are forests there or not. Be of good courage. And bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and spied the land from the wilderness of Sin as far as Rehob, near the entrance of Amath. Verse 22. They went up through the south, and they came to Hebron. And Ahimen, Sheshai, and Tamai, the descendants of Anak, were there. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. Then they came then they came to the valley of Eshkor. They cut down branches with one cluster of graves 
and they carried it between two of them on a pole. They also brought some of the pomegranates and figs. The place was called the Valley of Eshcol because of the cluster which the men of Israel called them there. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. 26. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back the word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told them and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of the Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Eaters and the Jebusites and the Amor and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Tori critical scripture. Then Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possessions for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we and they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitant. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anna came from the giants. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. So all the congregation, verse 40, chapter 14, verse 1, all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in the wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Will it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. The Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly and all the congregation of the children of Israel. Verse 6. But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephthah, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then it will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. 
Their protection has departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And all the congregation said to them, said to stone them with stones. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the meeting before all the children of Israel. May the Lord bless the reading of this word tonight. Tonight I'm going to be speaking with us on what I call, as part of the Kingdom's Champion Series, the spirit of a difference maker. The spirit of a difference maker. Just before I proceed, I'd like us to look with me in verse 20, 21, 22, and 23 of this scripture. Then the Lord said, because the Lord wanted to destroy the people and told Moses, he was going to raise another generation through Moses because of what the people said to him and their complaint. And Moses said, no, Lord, don't do that. And this is what the Lord said after Moses had pleaded with him. The Lord said, I've pardoned, in verse 20, according to your word. But truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all these men who had seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these ten times, I have not heeded my voice. They certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers. They will die before they reach there. Nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. Verse 24, please, I want us to pay attention to that. But my servant, Caleb, because I want the church to read that verse with me in unison. Verse 24, everybody, let's read together. But my servant, Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. May the Lord bring us into his inheritance. To blend with the crowd is easy. To stand out is tough. Every champion made by God are identified by their readiness to stand out. Regardless of what the crowd believes. We're living in a generation where it is almost an impossible task to stand out. The society suggests to us that blending with the crowd is the in thing. Blending with the crowd is the ideal. Daily we face challenges, believers. 
He needed to stand for what we know. Or to accept the defeat that the society presents to us. We have been labeled and named. Many times we have been called. The doggeds. The fundamentalists. And we face the challenge of either to accept what God wants us to accept or to blend with the crowd and be part of them. This kingdom is a level playing ground. The structure of the kingdom of God gives room for all. To become what they choose to. What is offered in the kingdom is universal. We have a universal gospel. Purchased by the blood of Jesus. But our, our preparedness to receive. We create a distinction ultimately in our lives. There is no experienced church tonight. There is no circumstance that can sabotage, cripple, frustrate the promises of God in our lives. I want us to believe tonight, if we stand with the word of God, the word will always prevail. I say it again. If we stand on the side of God's word, God's word will always prevail. Acts of the Apostle chapter 19. The scripture declares, when the sons of Scepha, when they came to see Paul, and so they came to see a demonized person, and they wanted to cast that demon out of him, by the spirit which they don't possess. They said by the same name that Paul possessed, you know, by the same spirit that Paul possessed, they wanted to cast out the spirit from the sons of Scape, uh, sorry, from a demonized person. What did they do? A person. The man said, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? But the Bible says, and they pounced on them, and they ran. But shortly after that, the Bible says it was made known to those who were Jews and Greeks all over Ephesus. And they that heard it, the fear of God fell on all because of what they heard that happened. And you know what happened? Those with curious arts, those with, you know, those who were magicians and those who were astrologers, they brought all their materials of, you know, of crooked arts and they burnt them and they committed their hearts to the Lord. The Bible says in the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 19, verse 20, it says, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. So the what? So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. The ability to prevail is in this written word. God's word will always prevail. 
Many of us who are students of church history will understand that the, that the Bible had been under attack for several ages. Centuries after centuries. Many have attempted to burn every copy of the Bible on earth. I remember the case of a man in the church history that said, you know, until, he's, until you know, he said he was going to burn every Bible in existence before he died. And you know what? While he was still dead, in his funeral, somebody read the Bible. The Bible outlived him. The same Bible he, he vowed to eradicate. Outlived him. They called a the priest when he was dead. And they brought the Bible and read over their head. They said they didn't want to see the Bible spread around the world. What am I saying tonight? God's word will prevail. God's promises will prevail. Circumstances of life will come, but God's word and his truth will prevail. Tonight, I want to announce to us as a people of God that one hard choice that what we make is either to be on the side of God and his word or on the side of the flesh or the word. Do we remember in the days of Moses, Moses announced to the people, who is on the Lord's sides? Let them move to this side. Who is on the Lord's side? At this time, with a story we read in Numbers 13 and 14. When this man was sent to spy out the land of Canaan. There were certain things they saw. They were true to reality. But the truth about it, there, are, there were certain lessons that popped out from these scriptures. That is worth noting for every believer that is living in the 21st century. Twelve men were chosen. Among those twelve was a man called Caleb. He was like a lone voice amidst the crowd. Chosen and found himself. In the company of men, I want us to follow me and listen to this, that looked like him. They were of the same race, they were of the same appearance. That looked like him. He found himself in the midst of men who talked like him. They were of the same language. He found himself in the midst of people that were ranked the same because each of them were chosen as a leader of each tribe in Israel. He found himself in the same company, and I call them comrades. But there was something about Caleb. Found himself among people who look like him, talk like him, came from probably a very similar background. There was something about him. Found himself in the midst of the crowd. Yet, 
knew he was different from them all. There is something about life that determines every step you take, every decision you make. And those are the seven concepts I'm about to share tonight. What are the basics of the spirit of a difference maker? What is it that makes a man different from others? We've read tonight, they have the same background. They look alike, they talk alike, so it has nothing to do with race, it has nothing to do with language, it has nothing to do with backgrounds, it has nothing to do with position. They were all leaders. But what is it? In other words, you could have 10,000 leaders in the same place. But what is it that made them different from them all? In my study, this is my conclusion. If we choose to be on God's side, if we choose to be on the side of the divine promise, if we make a choice to stand for God, we will automatically become difference makers. Most people who made a difference in their generation did not set out with an intent, I just want to be different. They didn't set out for that. Because that was my thought. My thought was that, was he just out to say, look, I'm not going to be like these other people. That wasn't the intention. Like many people would behave today. I'm going to be different from others. That's not the intention. The intention of this man was based on something much more deeper than that. I want us to see to the depth of the soul of Caleb tonight. The Bible says in verse 30 of chapter 13. I want us to read with me. 30. 13, 30. 13, 30. Then Caleb quieted or stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go. Let us go. What do you think Caleb was saying? To go and die? No. And that leads me. Each time you choose to be on God's side, you will be different from others. Caleb deferred, deferred in so many ways. I want to point out seven ways in which Caleb was different from others. Everyone who will make a difference in our generation will be different in these seven ways. Must be different in these seven ways. Number one, Caleb was actually was different from all of them in knowledge. No man can go to the public millions of the people of Israel and say, people be quiet. The people that I saw in the land, we are able to overcome them. And I want us to point, I want us to really put our mind and travel with me on this journey. They got to the land of Canaan, indeed, there were children of Anaks, and they were giants, indeed. They got to the land, and they probably saw some very difficult and dangerous situations. There were many things they saw in the land. 
But beyond what they saw, Caleb said, we will go and we will possess that land. What did he know that he did not know? I want to say to us tonight that knowledge differentiates kingdom's champion. The question tonight is, what do you know? The Bible says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Knowledge is the greatest asset for everyone in pursuit of destiny. It's the greatest asset. The Bible says, buy the truth, sell it not. Every attempt we can make, we must receive the knowledge of God. We cannot overemphasize the place of knowledge in our Christian work. Our lives as believers will be a life of frustration without the knowledge of God. What keeps you going? The motivating factor around your life is the knowledge of God. The day we stop receiving knowledge, we start to depreciate in our spirit. The state of Caleb's spirit, I believe tonight, was because Caleb fed on the belief that God who spoke to them before they left Egypt, the same God is able to take them to the land in which they were going. His knowledge was absolute. He never wavered on what he knew to be right. The Bible tells us in chapter 14, he wholly followed me. When God says a man wholly followed him, in my version it says, followed me fully. In other words, Caleb was not strange to God. Caleb was a man who had been known by God by the reason of his dedication to knowledge. How dedicated are we tonight as people of God to knowledge? How important is the knowledge of God to you? Paul, after 27 years of ministry, said that I may know him. Know him. It takes a preparedness in our hearts so wanted to know God. That's what determines how much we know. We must be prepared to make a sacrifice for knowledge. Knowledge takes time. Knowledge takes a decision. We must be determined in our hearts. Lord, I want to know you. Reveal yourself to me. The knowledge of God will not come to those who are not prepared to know. He knew his God. Number two. Every difference maker differ in their beliefs. Don't forget the first point. Every difference maker differ in knowledge. They differ in knowledge from the crowd. Every difference maker differ in their beliefs. 
Let me read this to us. A man's belief system is a reflection of his knowledge. A knowledge, a belief is a set of ideology or opinion based on available information. Now, this is what knowledge does to us. When you begin to acquire divine knowledge through his word, through the relevant materials, what happens is that you begin to acquire relevant information to your life. Today, there are many deceivers in the world, and I must warn us again and again, that's my job. There are many deceivers in the world. And our job is to find out what is the truth. The Bible speaks of the children of, of Berea. They go back, even Paul, with his stature, with his knowledge, with his name. Excuse me. The people went back to study, to know whether what Paul said was true or not. When last did you do that? Knowledge. Knowledge will keep many of us awake at night. Studying and saying, God, what is this thing about faith? Lord, what is this thing about living right? What is, why is the, my struggle in my life like this? Lord, what is the solution to this? What is the secret of a victorious Christian life? And then we pay attention to God and we begin to study. There are believers in five years, they have not made a purchase of a single Christian material in five years. Not a single one. Five years. It's not supposed to be. Our lives are supposed to be dependent on how much of him we know. The scripture says, they that seek me will find me. They that seek me early find me. The scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter 6, he is the rewarder of they that diligently seek him. Amos chapter 5. The Bible says, seek not Giga, seek not better, seek ye me, and you shall live. Seeking God, wanting to know him. God will never abandon his seeker. Never. Never. God loves seekers. On Thursday, one of the things the Lord said to us is that the Lord seek for such to worship him. Is that true? Those that will worship him in spirit and in truth will pursue his life. Belief system. Belief system. The information that we receive, we construct an image in your mind. Now, when we begin to, re when we begin to receive God's knowledge, it begins to form an image in our mind. Now, this is it. Our beliefs are largely affected by the culture of our environment. How many of us have, uh, do not tonight? There are things we believe we knew years after that they were not right. But at the time when we believed us, we believed them because everybody believed them. Is that not true? Now, what is going to make us distinct from our environment is to, re is to receive the divine knowledge of God and begin to believe what we receive against whatever is going on around us. The beliefs of a man can determine the circle of, of relationship around him. Because it is likes that beget likes. Is that not true? I also noticed that belief can become a controlling force in our lives. Many of us have so many taboos we grew up with. 
Do you know when we were growing up, we never knew those taboos were taboos. We believed them. If you sit on this, this is what is going to happen. Ah, no. We believe those things. Have we noticed that when you, if you just make a decision to just memorize a scripture a week, not, not too many, a scripture a week, our lives will experience a momentum in the spirit that will never, you will never, you will never believe what is going on in your life. Your spirit man will be awake. Many times believers have nightmares. The reason why those nightmares came is because your mind is vacuum. There is nothing there. So the enemy can pray over an empty mind. But when your mind is loaded with the knowledge of God, who, who, who is the devil in hell that will reveal to you something that is not of God in your life? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that God cannot pass a message to you, but forbid it that the enemy brings a message to a mind loaded by the power of God. It will not happen. Your mind is sound. Your spirit is awake. Your spirit is alive. The enemy knows he's in trouble because of what you know. The devil does not fear your prayer. The devil fears what you know. Because the battle begins from the mind. I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about. The battles of life begin from the mind. Now, your first reaction to battles in life determines on what you believe and what you know. What you know determines what you believe. Your belief determines how you react to situations in life. Look at what Caleb said. We are well able to overcome it. Can you see his system? Can you see the belief system in him? We're what? Well able to overcome it. How can he say that? Ten men said, ah, the inhabitants, that land is a land that divorces its inhabitants. Caleb said, no. It's an exceedingly good land. They would look at him and said, what is wrong with him? What he was saying was not based on what he saw in that place. What he was saying was based on what he believed. Not what he saw. What he saw was secondary. How many of us know that today you go back home, we go to our offices, what you see is not as important as what you know. Hello, church? What you see is not what? As important as what you know. What you see will submit to what you know after some time. What you know controls your life. Number three, every difference maker differ in perception. We're not talking about this. They differ in what? In perception. Perception is how we see things. How we see things is a determining factor as we raise towards the destiny of God in our lives. How we perceive things. Let me tell us a story. Uh, maybe some of us have heard me say this before. There was a company that wanted to produce shoes. And their goal was to actually take the shoe to a particular island. Somebody gave them a prior information about a particular land, island where people never wore shoes. So they met in a board meeting and they all decided, well, we're going to send one of the executives to go to that place, to the island, and check the land for us and see, you know, the need of the people, how many shoes we should produce, and their readiness to receive it. The man went to the land, spent some time, then stayed in a good hotel and looked at the people and said, ah, he looked at them, their legs were calloused already. They were used to walking with their bare foot. He came back to the company and said, ah, look, let's redesign our strategy. It's not the right place for us to go. Hallelujah. Let's redesign our strategy. The company was about to be one man raised and said, can I have a chance to go? 
They said, well, this guy just came back and he told us that it's not possible. Just give me a chance to go. The man went there. You know what he saw? He said, when he got there, he said, ah, this is a fat ground for our shoes. He just saw the legs and said, ah, I'll bring tons and tons of shoes of different sizes to this place. He looked at them and said, ah, great opportunity. Came back and was excited. Fired everybody up to the board meeting and said, you know what? We've got to go back to the island. There are many men who need shoes there. Guess what happened? They went there with the tons of shoes. The shoes were selling like wildfire. Nobody ever gave them an opportunity. What is the difference? Perception. Ever say perception. Perception. Somebody pours water in a cup of water. Many of us have heard it before. In a cup of water. Somebody looks at it and says, ah, it is half empty. They brought another person. Look at this water in the cup of, in, in the glass cup. He said it is half empty. It is half full. Two people looking at the same cup of water, but with the different eyeglasses. Somebody said half full. The other one said half plenty. I mean, sorry. Half, half empty. Why did you say half empty? Because what he saw was emptiness. The other one said half full because to him, it's just a little more. It will be filled. Perception in life. A difference maker does not look at the things the way they are. They look at the potential for change. Hallelujah. They look at what? The potential for change. I'm telling you tonight, I look around us and I see potential for change. I see potential for change in our lives. I see many of us rising beyond where we are now. Begin to make impact in our own time that your life will become more impactful in the days that we are in. Let me say this loud and clear to you by the Spirit of God. Your best days are not behind you. They are ahead of you. The things that God will do in your life will amaze those men around you. Many will say, look at what the Lord has done in their life. Your tongues will fill with laughter and your mouth with songs singing. Oh, look at what the Lord has done in our life and in his life. What am I saying tonight? Your best days are ahead of you. It doesn't matter what people say. What matters is what God says, the knowledge of God in your life. Perception. What do we see? When the Lord spoke to Jeremiah, he asked Jeremiah, what do you see? The question to all of us tonight. When you look at yourself, when you look at your life, when you look at your plans, what do you see? What do you see? Don't ever see a failure because you're not one. Don't ever see impossibility because everything you thought is impossible made possible by God. Don't ever see yourself as being nobody because God is going to cause you to take territories for him. You look at yourself and you feel you don't have gifts to do anything to impact the life of others. That's not true. Because what God will do in your life will amaze you. That's why I love the song I wanted to sing some time ago. I have a maker who knows my name. He knows your name. He knows who you are. He knows where you belong. And he knows what he has implanted in you. Perception. So Caleb saw what the other ten men saw, but his perception remained strong on the God of wonders. Hallelujah. His perception remained what? Strong on the God of wonders. Let me tell us what others saw. Verse 33 of chapter 14. This is what they saw. Sorry, verse 33 of chapter 13. Then we saw the giants, and the descendants of Anna came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. So we were in their sight. Ah, I understand what you think you are in their sight. But how do you know what you are in their own sight? I don't know how many of us got what I'm talking about. 
they said we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. Agreed. Even in their own sight, too, we were like grasshoppers. Who told you? Do you what, what perception can do to a man? It will wreck your self-image. The self-esteem was gone. They had not believed nothing in themselves. Little do we know tonight, church, that the principle of perception is fundamental to motivating or demoralizing a man in life. There's a story of a beggar who was given a check. I've shared this story before. Who was given a check? Who, who found one of his friends? He was just going out one day, you know, asking for hands as normal. I met a friend who met a man who happened to be a businessman. And you know, normally hacks for him. And the man looked at him and he looked at the man and he said, I know you somewhere. The man said, I, also, I think I know you too. Somehow they were classmates. And here comes a rich man, blessed man, and here comes the beggar. The man looked at him and said, oh, I don't like the way I'm looking at you. We're classmates. Give him a check. He told him to go get the money. According to the story, the man went to the bank, a beggar. Wanted to go cash the money, looked inside the bank, looked at the people who were dressed and tie and, you know. And he looked at himself and said, ah, no, I don't belong in that place. I don't want to go in there. He didn't go in. He kept the check with himself. He left the bank and went away. He said, ah, I don't look like them. He was afraid. His perception of himself had changed because of poverty. The story had it a few, few weeks or a few months after the friend met him and said, ah, there you're, you're still in this position? He said, yes. Ah, did, you, did you take the check to the bank? He said, yes, but you see, when I got there, when I saw them, I couldn't go in because I didn't look like them. The friend said, ah, it is not about you. It is about the signature on that check. When they see it, they will give you the money. Perception. Even he had a gold mine in his hand. Perception could not allow him to get it. There are many believers with good mind in their hand today. They cannot go higher than where they are because of the perception of who they are. Your perception must change tonight about yourself. What has God said about you? This is why we need to study God's word. You know what the Bible says? It says you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 1, there is therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. We walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. You're God's offspring. That's what the scripture tells me. The Bible calls you an ambassador of Christ. That's who you are. Do you know if your perception is wrong, you cannot present the gospel effectively if your perception of yourself is wrong. As a matter of fact, if you don't know what you have, how do you offer it to somebody else? If what you have, you don't have confidence in what you have, you cannot give it to others. Number four, every difference maker differ in understanding. You may think this is the same thing as knowledge, but it's not. The scripture declares that understanding is the wellspring of life. That's what the Bible says. Caleb, though, was caught in the wrong crowd, yet he was not perturbed. Neither did he allow their view. To cripple his own understanding. Caleb understood the will of God. Not just in his head, but in his heart. Hallelujah. He understood what? He understood the will of God. Why did I say that? Ephesians chapter 5 verse 17. The Bible says, be not foolish, but be wise. Understanding the will of God. 
There is something about knowing the will. There's something about understanding the will. I went to check what understanding means. To have understanding is to have a personal interpretation of knowledge. I'm going to say it again. To have understanding is to have a personal interpretation of knowledge. You know what? That is general knowledge. But what is my own personal interpretation of the knowledge? To have understanding, this is where I stand. That's what the man of understanding says. This is where I stand, regardless of what is going on. To have understanding is to have an enlightened intelligence. Is to be skilled in handling or dealing with situations. That's what understanding means. Number five, because of time. Let me go to it. Every difference maker differ in orientation. Ever was a differ in orientation. Orientation is a direct baby of understanding. Amen? When a man has understanding, his orientation will be changed. Hallelujah. And I want to speak to many of our young people here tonight. I want to tell you tonight that you have a great treasure of the kingdom of God. Look, the world will want to appeal to you. I went through it as a, as a teenager. All of us went through it. When you're young and you're a teenager, the things appeal to you so well. Their music is like the best. Their, their perception seems to be the best. They seem to be the, the, most, you know, the, the, the most important thing around. But the truth about the matter is, if we have the understanding of God, you will be settled in God. Your orientation will make you stable. That regardless of what they say or what they don't say. It's so difficult when you're younger, you're a teenager to prove that you're a believer. I'm honest with you. It's tough. It is difficult. Because the challenge will come. They will mock you. They will. <laughs> Judge people. Judge people. They will do anything to, to, you know, to deride you. But you must stand. Your orientation is different. Your life is different. Your life is based on the knowledge of God. You know what? You know you're a man on a mission. You're somewhere, you're going somewhere to happen. It doesn't matter what anybody says. You are possessed with the vision of God for your life. You're reaching the place. Caleb knew he was on the side of God. He demonstrated this as he and Joshua protested against the ten. You know what they protested? You know what they did? When they got to the midst of the crowd, you know what they did? They tore their clothes. That's orientation. That it is not enough that we know it in our heart. We must demonstrate to the world that indeed this is what we know. That's what it means to tear your clothes. They tore their clothes because of their orientation. Because when you tear your clothes in Israel, it is the greatest level of assurance that there is nothing beyond the truth. I'm telling you the truth today. Take off your clothes. That's what they did. They tore their clothes. Do you remember Mordecai? Mordecai tore his clothes. That this is the truth. I bear witness before the living God today. That is placing your life on the altar and saying, I'm, I'm proclaiming, I'm laying my life on the altar today. If it is not true, this is my whole life. The heavens can see me. They place their life on the altar. Number four, let me just move on. Number, number, number six, right? I want to hand it, number five. I said, being in the minority is not a problem as long as you're on the right one. One with God is more than a majority. Number six, to be a difference maker, a difference maker always differ in their resolution. I was say resolution. Resolution. Your resolution is tested when you scale the possibility of a consequence, of a failure. There will be times when failure will, will, will stare you in the face. Even though you say you believe God, but failure will stare you in the face and say, you know what? You're a failure. It will stare you in the face. But you know what? Your resolution. 
your determination to see it through. It's the spirit of a difference maker. Many people quit midstream. They cannot follow through. What makes a man to follow through his dream is the spirit of a difference maker. That regardless of what is going on, if my life is engine on this, I believe God for it, I will stay true to it. There are few people like that in the scriptures. Many of us remember Esther. She knew if she went before the king without being given the scepter to come, she was going to be killed. But she said, if I perish, I perish. In Daniel chapter 3, the Bible speaks of the three Hebrew men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They looked at the king. They said, king, it is not necessary for us to answer you in this matter. The God whom we serve will deliver us. He is able to deliver us and we deliver us. But if he does not, we will not bow down to this idol. That's a resolution. That was a resolution. We will not bow down. It's one thing to know what is right. It's another thing to be resolute about it. They resolved in their heart. It's to scare the possibility of failure. Yet convinced to move on. People with this resolve have crossed the line of fear. They've reached a resolution. Let me say it again. The people who are difference maker, they've crossed the line of what? Of fear. They've reached the point of resolution. All of us need to cross the line of fear. Fear of men. Fear of repudiation. Fear of what they will say, what they will not say. Number seven, which is the last. And that's what we're going to pray tonight. Every difference maker differ in their conclusions. I will say conclusions. One thing is resolution, another is conclusion. Our generation is struggling with conclusion. And I'm going to tell us what it means. We're in the age of conclusions. Many conclusions are ungodly conclusions. Many of us are caught on whether do we draw our conclusion, where do we draw our conclusions from? Now, do we draw our conclusions from what the philosopher says or what the philosophers have said? Do we draw our conclusions on what the scientists have said? Do we draw a conclusion on what the biomedics have said? What are those conclusions? There are so many conclusions on the definition of marriage today. Is that not true? Definition of marriage. The definition of a family. There are so many conclusions that people are drawing today. There are conclusions on the origin of man. There are conclusions on the end of the age. But how did Caleb draw his conclusion? That's what we're going to pray tonight. How did he draw his conclusion? That's what the Bible tells us in that same scripture. Let's go back to it. Numbers. I want us to read because that's the last scripture. How do you draw your conclusion? Every difference maker must be different in your conclusion. It must be different. Let's read it together. 23. Sorry, verse 24. 24 of chapter 14 of Numbers. It says, but my servant, ever say but, my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully. Caleb's conclusions came from two sources. He drew his conclusions by the Holy Spirit. Ever say by the Holy Spirit. The information being given by the Spirit of God. The man has the Spirit of God. The Bible says the Spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord. He drew his conclusion based on the instruction of the Spirit. The instruction of the Spirit was not a popular instruction, but he drew his conclusion. The same thing happened to Daniel. In Daniel chapter 1, the Bible says he proposed in his heart. He drew a conclusion. Not to do what? Not to meddle with the king's mate. He chose to stand for righteousness. He chose to eat the vegetables while others were eating meat. And the Bible says he was ten times better. That's a difference maker. Ever was a difference maker. 
God will make you a difference maker. As we draw our conclusions based on the word of God tonight, as we draw our conclusions based on the spirit of God, our lives will be different. This generation will know certain men and women walk through the path of this world and they've left a mark on the sands of time. Let's rest up to pray tonight. It's time to make a difference. Hallelujah. It's time to make a difference. It's time to make a difference. They told Daniel, you cannot pray. You can't pray here because the king has given a command that whoever prays will be what? Will be killed. What did he do? He opened the window. That's a difference maker. He opened the window. Not to slide the king, but not just to let everybody know. I have to pray how many times a day? Three times a day. It made a difference. Until we stand up to make a difference, we will blend with the crowd. But God is saying tonight, make a difference. Say to yourself, I'm making a decision today. My spiritual life will be different. I'm going to begin to spend more time with God in his word. I'm going to begin to spend more time in prayer. I will wake up at night to pray. Even if it's only 15 minutes every night. I will spend time with God. I want to be a difference maker. Lord, teach me how to be a difference maker. Teach me how to be a difference maker. Teach me, oh God, in the midst of my courts, in the midst of my mates, in the midst of those who look like me, who talk like me. Lord, I do not walk by race. I do not walk by language. I walk by the will of God. I walk by the spirit of God. I walk by the power of God. I walk by the information that I'm receiving from God. Difference maker. Lord, speak to my heart tonight. Lord, touch my heart, oh God. Touch my heart, oh God. Make me a difference maker. Make me a difference maker. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, impact me with the knowledge of God. That's the first thing we mentioned. Lord, impact me. Lord, give me a desire for the true knowledge of God. Give me a desire to study your word. Give me the discipline that it takes to begin to spend time in your word. The discipline to spend time in your word. The discipline to spend time in your word. Knowledge of God. How desperate are we to receive the knowledge of God? How curious are we to receive the knowledge of God? Difference makers. The spirit of a difference maker. Number two, I want us to pray, Lord, Lord, let your word begin to regulate my belief system. Let your word begin to regulate my belief system. Every belief that is not of you, that is based on the flesh, based on the information of man, I reject and I refuse today. I receive divine information. I receive divine information in my spirit, in my mind. Let it, let it become the preoccupation of my day and night. Divine information. Let it affect my perception. My perception of life. Many people have their, their priority led wrong. Their perception of life is wrong. Their focus is wrong. Their vision is wrong. So they are possible to be wrong. But Lord, inject me today with the power of God. Infuse me with the divine elements that my life will change positively. Let my resolution be strong based on the word of God, not on the fear of man. The fear of man will bring us into snare. It will ensnare you. I will not fear any man. I will stand by the word of God. I will stand by the word of God. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. I want us to look at me as we close tonight. The fathers of faith, I was reading the church history. Many of those men were tied to the stakes in the days of Nero. And they put them aflame. You know what happened? Nero was inside. 
to those people to be tied to the stakes. Many of them were thrown to lions. They kept lions away for about seven days to be hungry. And they threw them into the den of lions. Those men, because of their belief in God. And you know, as they tied those men to stakes, Nero was inside. You know what they started to do? They started to sing. As the fire was burning, they started to sing. As the fire was burning, they sang till they died. Nero ran mad because of that. He came out and said, who are these people? He ran mad. Because generally, he expected them to cry when they started to sing for joy. Because like Stephen, when they look up, they saw the Lord standing in heaven, welcoming them home. Welcoming them home. So they could not see their flesh. That's why Paul said to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. That life is nothing if I do not leave it for God. May the Lord bless us. May the Lord make each of us a difference maker in our lives. The past is gone. Let's look up to God to the, to the, to the future. And the Lord will do a great work in our lives. In the name of Jesus. Let's close our eyes as we pray tonight. Lord, tonight we are your people set aside in this local assembly. There is a sounding of the spirit. We perceive it by revelation. That you're looking at men and women who will stand out for you. Many believers have been compromisers. We compromise at work. We compromise in so many places. But Lord, tonight we just commend ourselves to you tonight. That your glory will come upon us as a people. That your grace will be released upon us. The Lord, you will grant us the power, the grace, the enablement to stand out for you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Others may, but we will not. Thank you, Heavenly Father, tonight.